please pray with me. Lord Jesus, this is an unusual day, but we know that you're an unusual God. And you have come to be among us and to minister to us and to call us into your service. And I pray that this day, that somehow we will hear that call and respond and be there willing and ready and able to build up your kingdom. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. May be seated. So how do you prepare to speak to five people the same way you do to 5,000? I'm glad you all are here. I'm glad everyone is here at home. And I pray that this will be a blessing to you today, this worship time. One day at the annual convention of Masters Carpenters Tools, there was much talking. Brother Hammer spoke up first, but just as he did, Several others suggested that he leave because he was too noisy. Brother Hammer said, if I have to leave, Brother Saul has to leave because he is using only cutting words. Brother Saul said, true, but then Brother Screwdriver has to go too. He doesn't do anything but press and turn until it hurts. Brother Screwdriver spoke up. He said, fine, I'll leave, but Brother Planer has to leave too. His work is all on the surface. He has no depth. Brother Planer responded, no problem, but then Brother Ruler has to get out too because he measures like he's the only one that's right. Brother Ruler said, okay, but then Brother Sandpaper has to leave too because he is always rough and rubs people the wrong way. And so on and on went the discord. More about that symposium later. In today's epistle, we heard the Apostle Paul addressing the church in Corinth regarding spiritual gifts. There was a concern about the validity of such gifts, when they were to be used, which ones were more important than others, and the perceived elevation in status that individuals might receive because of the particular spiritual gifts each was exercising. Now, today's not a workshop on how to discover or determine your gift or gifts or an in-depth definition of such. We will develop today an understanding of the existence of spiritual gifts and their importance to the body of Christ. But before we begin that discussion, let's take a look at the backdrop for Paul's letter to the Corinthians. Corinth, a city in Greece, was an economic center for the region. There existed there much profitable commerce, producing great wealth among many. Also, there was significant artistic influence, especially in bronze. But they also had wanton sexuality, Pagan idol worship were all rampant. Many temples were the sites of sacrifices and worship of various gods and goddesses, especially Aphrodite. 
Charles Colson, convicted Watergate coach, conspirator, and founder of Prison Fellowship Ministries, once said, we have too much of the culture of the world in the church and not enough of the culture of the church in the world. It seems that this is what was going on within the church in Corinth. Paul learned of some of the problems when he received a letter indicating that there were serious problems of division. Some were loyal to Paul, some to Apollos, and so on. There was sexual immorality, sexual abuse, social snobbery, and a lack of unity and understanding of good theology regarding practices such as marriage, divorce, pagan religions, and proper order in worship. It appeared to Paul that the church there was out of step with the gospel and the teachings of Jesus and the apostles. The church, it appeared, was more concerned about being in step with the culture than they were in maintaining the orthodox teachings they had been given. The church in Corinth seemed to be self-centered, insisting on their own rights without regard for the least, the lost, and the needy. The fact was that some in the church were more interested in advancing their own social standing than in the gospel's advancement. The Apostle Paul's conclusion was that, generally speaking, the church in Corinth had developed an arrogance of self-promotion and an air of superiority over others. This arrogance led to an incompatibility with God's free gifts to them. Does this, any of this sound familiar? Do you think Chuck Colson may have been right? Now, the Apostle Paul addressed many of these issues, and these are recorded in previous chapters of his first letter to the Corinthians. And I'd encourage you to read those chapters and apply them to yourself, to the church, our church, and the world around us. But for our time together today, let's talk about the first half of chapter 12 concerning spiritual gifts or charismata. How many of you ever get gifts? Do you open them? Weird question, right? Of course we open gifts we receive. Who would leave gifts unopened? Okay, all this talk about gifts has a purpose. It's because every one of you has gifts given to you by God. I am 100% sure of that because when you receive Jesus as Lord, you got one or more. Now, some of you have opened your gifts, some haven't. Some of you who have opened them like and use what he has given you, while some of you aren't too sure. Some of you feel a little awkward with the gifts and wonder what God was thinking when he handed them out. Some of you are very thankful for the gifts, but have put them aside in lieu of other things that you would prefer to do. Or some of you think you're too old or too irrelevant to use his gifts anymore. And some of you see the gifts that others have and would like to trade yours in for theirs. Spiritual gifts are divine abilities given to us by God's own design and grace. 
They are to be used for the common good of the body of Christ. If we don't unwrap, open, and use these gifts, if we don't know what they are once we've opened them, if we aren't sure how or where to use them, then the whole body of Christ suffers. Anytime we struggle with any kind of gift, it's likely because we're looking only at the gift and not the giver. If we only concentrated on the Holy Spirit as he distributes gifts, we would never be disappointed, but would be thankful and want to honor and please him by using the gift. Now, none of us can take credit for being gifted in the area of spiritual things. It was the Holy Spirit that, first of all, gave us the gift of faith in Christ. And it is also the Holy Spirit that has given each of us gifts to use for serving others. After making the point that the Corinthian Christians were gifted because the Holy Spirit had given them the gift of faith, Paul went on to remind them that they also had been given gifts for serving others. He said, now to each one... The manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. Common good. There wasn't a single believer at the church in Corinth that could say he or she had no spiritual gift, no spiritual gift to use in service to God and to others. Each of them had at least one gift to be used for serving others for the common good of all. After reinforcing the fact that in addition to giving the gift of faith, the Holy Spirit always gives at least one spiritual gift to each believer, the Apostle Paul goes on to give some examples of spiritual gifts. And I will read these verses from today's lesson. And I ask it as I read these, listen not only for a list of the spiritual gifts, but also Listen for the number of times Paul repeats the truth that they are gifts from the Holy Spirit to God's people. Reading, beginning with the seventh verse. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. For to one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom, and to another the utterance of knowledge according to the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by the one Spirit. To another, the working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, the ability to distinguish between spirits. To another, various kinds of tongues. To another, the interpretation of tongues. All these are empowered by one and the same Spirit who apportions to each one individually as he wills. In that last verse, did you catch Paul repeating the fact that each one of us is given some spiritual gift? And he said, the Holy Spirit gives them to each one just as he determines. That list I just read to you from 1 Corinthians 12 chapters, not by any means a complete list of spiritual gifts, Paul lists a bunch more in Romans uh, 12, where he said, we have different gifts according to the grace given us. And then he lists them, prophesying, serving, teaching, encouraging, 
contributing to the needs of others, leadership, showing mercy. There are two other places in the New Testament where we read about spiritual gifts. In Ephesians 4, 7 says, But grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. And in 1 Peter 4, 10 and 11, As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. Whoever speaks as one who speaks oracles of God, whoever serves as one who serves by the strength that God supplies, in order that everything God, in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. So are things any different for us today? No. The same truth applies to each and every one of us. You and I are gifted. The Holy Spirit has given at least one gift to use in service to others. In Romans 12, 6, Paul declared, Having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them in proportion to our faith. Yes, the spiritual gifts that the Holy Spirit gives to believers will vary from person to person. Some may be given numerous gifts, but everyone is given some ability that can be used to serve others. Sometimes, however, we make mistakes about the gifts of the Holy Spirit, including that we may become self-focused or use them for our own personal benefit or believe that the gifts we have received make us more or less important in the body of Christ. See, it's all about us. I call it navel-gazing. Sometimes we may even see the gifts as a power we tap into at will whenever we feel like it. In this competitive culture where we are so influenced by social media and our desire for followers, some of us may use the gifts we have been given by trying to outdo another person. My spiritual gift can beat up your spiritual gift any day, we might think. However, remember, these are gifts. We don't earn them, we don't choose them, or we don't determine how they're to be used. Even though the gifts may differ, as Paul says, the use of the gift differs, and the way the gifts affect others is different, God the Father... The Son and the Holy Spirit are the source, owner, and operator of these gifts. God chooses people for gifts. People do not choose their own. And they are for very specific purpose, to build up the body of Jesus Christ and to be used in service of the gospel. It's all about the gospel speaking and showing his love, God's love, through the church in a dynamic way. So I ask you, have you unwrapped or opened your spiritual gift or gifts? Do you know what they are? Do you struggle in knowing what to do with them or how to share them? Do you need expert help in navigating spiritually through those gifts? Are you feeling let down by the gifts you've received when you look at gifts of others? 
You ever feel like trading yours in? Please remember, the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. That means, as we use our gifts, we are literally allowing the Spirit of God to manifest or make himself plain and apparent here on earth. The gifts are a reflection or extension of him through us. These are free grace gifts received, not achieved. The common denominator in all these gifts is the same spirit. Verse 11, as we heard earlier, but one and the same spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. The Holy Spirit decides who gets what, when, how, and where. I say to you, you are gifted. Did you ever think somebody would say that about you or to you? Perhaps your reaction would be, who, me, gifted? I don't think so. Well, God says it about you. He says you're gifted. You may not be able to play music like Mozart or piano like Picasso or use a golf club like Tiger Woods or E.B. Hyatt. But nonetheless, you are gifted. The Holy Spirit has given you the gift of faith. And since he has given you the gift of faith, you can be certain that the Holy Spirit has also given you gifts for serving others. As we receive his gifts, letting him work in us what he has given us, his ministry intensifies among us and extends to the world. What a relief. We don't have to choose the, which gifts we get. We just get to unwrap, open, and follow as God wills, as the Spirit guides. Sam Storms, in his book, The Beginner's Guide to Spiritual Gifts, said, Gifts are God going public among his people. And continuing to quote Storms from his book, Practicing the Power, he said, For when we affirm and welcome the operation of the charismata in our lives, we are affirming and welcoming God himself. What is it about the so-called charismata that makes him so essential to an experience of divine power? In 1 Corinthians 1, 6, and a bit later in verse 11, Paul reminds us, this is translated in a slightly different way, we can render it this way. And there are varieties of energizings, but it is the same God who energizes them all in everyone. And these gifts are energized by the one and the same Spirit. This is Paul's way of telling us that spiritual gifts, whether gifts of tongues or teaching, whether exhortation or evangelism, whether prophesying or pastoring, are the effect or result of divine power. Spiritual gifts are the concrete, tangible manifestations of divine energy in and through followers of Jesus. Paul is writing that this energizing power from the Spirit is essential to the church as a whole and in the lives of individual church members to enable them to reach maturity. 
God's power comes to us in a variety of forms, but spiritual gifts are the primary expression of God's work in our midst. This is why it is of the utmost urgency that pastors and believers in every church be equipped in the exercise of all the gifts for the common good. Remember our earlier observance of the discussion going on at the annual convention of the Master Carpenter's Tools? Now let's look in on the conclusion of that conference. The Master Carpenter of Nazareth walked in, put on his apron, went to the workbench with a set of plans. As he worked, he used brothers hammer, saw, screwdriver, planer, ruler, sandpaper, and other tools as well. At the end of the day, when the piece was finished, Brother Saul declared, Wow, that was fantastic. The carpenter worked with all of us together. Brother Hammer said, Yeah, maybe we ought to do this more often. Brother Screwdriver said, We all did our part. That was fun. Brother Planer said, It sure was. I had no idea how important my surface work really was. Brother Ruler piped up saying, it was great, guys. Thanks for doing what you all do. And Brother Sandpaper finished up saying, I'm sure glad he showed up when he did so we didn't all miss this. This pulpit is going to bless a lot of people. Understanding and applying the gifts given us by the Holy Spirit will result in a dynamic spirituality where Jesus will be worshipped and the Father glorified. We will make a positive impact for the building up of the kingdom. Right now, right here, yes, at Christ Church and in Winston-Salem. As members of Christ's body, each of us is uniquely gifted and needed in the church. As we allow God to work in, with, and through us, he will make beautiful things. Just like we unwrap and open gifts people give us, let's unwrap, open, and use our spiritual gifts. No need to compare our gifts with anyone else's or try to trade them in because if we'll just be available to him, we'll be amazed at what he can do with us, what he can create what he will work through us for the common good of everyone. Amen.